Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Electric Leftovers. My name is Jason. This is episode 346. And uh, we're, we're off to a rip-roaring start. This, it, it's 418 Wednesday. And uh, my week, at about 11 o'clock Monday morning, was, was already long enough. Thanks. Appreciate it very much. Won't, won't uh, bore you with the gory details, but uh, a lot happened at work. Very little of it good uh, on Monday. Tuesday, not so bad. Today, pretty good day. I ain't gonna lie. Was damned busy. Had a bunch of digging to do today. Water problems left and right. Not a bad day. But that's all behind us now. And um, if you're following the adventures of Ruby and Carlos over on YouTube, uh, my YouTube, that is, um, there will be an update on Ruby and Carlos later in the show. Uh, that means you got to listen to the end if you want the update. And remind me to remind you at the end of the show, okay? Okay. Maybe I'll record the outro segment, like, real quick, and so I don't forget, because that's a thing I could do. Uh, we're going to look at um, some reviews. Well, maybe. I don't know if there are any reviews for Burning Heroes. Didn't look! You know me. Uh, flying by the seat of your pants to do this show. Uh, we're going to, you know, if nobody else has reviewed Burning Heroes, I got you covered. I'll do it. And my grammar will be as good as anybody else's, at the very least. And we're going to look at Captain Silver, which, uh, can't wait to review that one. It's got a, it's got a tale to tell. And it's not a good one. And in fact, here's some music from it. Well, right after, you know, the save states uh, wrap up the intro segment. Jack Avery, a lad with a taste for adventure, uh, treasure even, and high adventure. Didn't even make it through the first sentence. In this hot Sega adventure, you are fast on the trail of the most feared sea pirate's treasure, Captain Silver. Captain Silver is the treasure, apparently. It doesn't matter that he's dead. 
his ghost goes on haunting the treasure and all who try to find it with a bloodthirsty vengeance that has chased strongmen to their graves. But you have no fear, or do you? With a tattered old treasure map in hand, you must track down the sea dogs, golden horde battling creatures, both from this world and beyond the grave. You'll start the game with your trusty cutlass and your wits. Fight well and you'll be able to increase the power to slow down the hands of time, because you already have it, you just need to increase it, and make yourself temporarily invisible. Wield your cutlass well and you'll face the ghost of the captain himself with a chance to own all his buried treasure, but fail in your quest. And who knows what spirits will haunt you? None of them, because you'd be dead and you'd be doing the haunting. Uh, this is Captain Silver, an action game for the NES. Uh, that said Sega, but that's the most complete back of the box I could find. Uh, published by Jordan, or developed by Jordan, and published by Takuma Shoten and released in 1988. Uh, a game I stumbled upon when I was doing the 365 days of the NES series, which, if you're interested in that, I looked at a different NES game every day for a year. That is on the Low Bias Gaming YouTube page. So if you want it, check it out. Um, they're not very long episodes. It's, you know, 10 minutes tops. Uh, played it for that. I thought, oh, this is actually not too bad. It's not too good. It's not too bad. And so I played it. And uh, it turns out it was pretty bad, but bad in a, oh my God, what is going on kind of way. Not a, this is terrible kind of way. So it's an entertaining kind of bad. Uh, not near as exciting as the back of the box makes it uh, like the first big uh, thing that you have to, to deal with is the Cheshire Cat and the Pied Piper. So it, it's fast and loose with the mythology, but you know, that can be fun sometimes. Okay, reviews. Burning Heroes. Typey, typey, typey. Niketsu Tairiku Burning Heroes. Reviews. Oh, there's two. And they're both quick. Let's let's read both of them. How about that? Wow, one 1999, one 2018. Uh, let's start with the first one, which is this one. 
because that's a good place to start. Oh, it is so quick. This is going to be nice. After the last couple weeks, this is going to be great. Ready? Delta Flame in 1999 says, An Enix RPG that can really pull you into the game. They go on to say, Another great game that hasn't seen the light of America. Oh, communists. Burning Heroes is an excellent RPG made by Enix, one of the greats of RPG games. A really, really fun game as it draws you into the character's storyline. All eight characters. This game is one of those easy as heck to begin, but harder than heck to beat game. The controls are okay, but a dash button could be useful as the game does get a little long without running. The storyline is actually all different, since each character has its own background, its own quest, but all the same boss. But the thing is, which makes the game's gameplay value really great, is that you have four characters to start out with, and over time, you will be able to unlock four more characters, which is the ultimate goal of the game, is to beat it with all eight characters. The audio is kind of etchy, but some kick-ass music and excellent bass being used in the beginning. The video is great. The graphics are very good. The title screen doesn't look pixelated. Plus, several ending scenes are very good also. In my own recommendation, if you find this rare game, you must get it if you love RPGs. Nine. That's it. That's the whole review. Um, that is a weird review for several reasons. Uh, you start out with four characters, but then you get to play four more, which is amazing. But you got to play through the first four to get to the second four. So they might as well have just started you out with the eight. Kind of what I think. It's like Mega Man in reverse. You get to pick the boss and play against the Mega Man because the boss is the end of the boss the end of the boss the end of the game boss is the same no matter what uh weird <laughs> just weird stuff all over Delta Flames review here random capitalization like the audio is kind of etchy audio is a pronoun in that sentence uh same with the video is great um not the graphics the video but the graphics are also very good I don't know what the video is and I've never heard anybody like review that the title screen isn't pixelated. It's just strange. It's just strange. It's, it's not wrong. It's just strange. Let's see what Red Like Roses had to say in their couple of paragraphs in 2018. Review titled Retro Reviewing Burning Heroes. Well, here we are, reviewing a game on the SNES from 95. Actually knowing Japanese helped, I wanted to get my hands on some vintage games for my SNES. Burning Heroes seemed fun as I'm a fan of RPGs, but this was... Well, bad. That was one sentence. Playing as eight different heroes sounded cool, but it soon turned out to be a curse. And this is comparing it to other classics, might I add, not to modern games. I'm talking Final Fantasy 1 or 2 here. As with any RPG, it's a good idea to grind up some EXP, some money, get good equipment, that is a given. However, with BH, you'll soon notice something. You only have control over the hero character. The computer does the rest. This is not a good thing, and any capital T turn-based RPG player can tell you this by both modern and classic standards. You can't have your party go to tactics, uh, parenthesis, conserve your MP or heal frequently, and parenthesis, no punctuation, capital W, which in itself is an issue when you're in, only in control of one character. I think that was a couple of sentences. I got lost and confused. Uh, I, we jumped around too. We were talking about eight heroes is cool, but then Final Fantasy one and two, but we don't know what he was talking about there. And then he went right into grinding and then battles. Um, but up, up, da, ba, da, do. You can, uh, we did that. When you play as a fighter thief type, note each hero has their own preset, like Ryu being the fighter. 
You're mindlessly tapping the A button to attack again and again and again and praying that your healers and mages don't waste all their MP. Speaking of mages, this is the worst as they'll always use their newest and most expensive spell. Almost any RPG from the SNES era involves fighting monsters to gain EXP. Even today's often have you doing that. Well, here it becomes a more, even more repetitive fight, rest up, go back. Hope you can get to your objective before MP runs out, repeat. Uh, I'm not going to pick on the random capitalization and punctuation in this one because we would not get through this. Um, that's not the worst part. The worst part is the fact that you play eight heroes. This means you play as each hero. You'd think they just have some other stories, but no, it's the same dungeons you just went through last time again and again and again. I like that the first part of the second paragraph was the first part of the first paragraph. Instead of the first paragraph being everything, including the first part of the second paragraph. That's pretty great. And of course it's the same. They live in the same world. Why would they do different things? Uh, you kind of do different things. You do visit similar places, but it's not, not always. Anyway, just by controlling a character. That's a sentence. Let me start the second paragraph over so we can get it in context. Spoiler alert, it's not gonna help. That's not the worst part. The worst part is the fact that you play eight heroes. This means you play as each hero. You'd think they'd have some other stories, but no, it's the same dungeons you just went through last time again and again and again. Just controlling a different character. That's a little better. The game repeats itself more times than Taylor Swift has with her songs about her ex-boyfriends. If I, if I knew what a Taylor Swift song was, I might understand that. Uh, once you beat the first four heroes, apostrophe S, a legit congrats if you have. No, we're getting back into weird punctuation again, I'm sorry. You get to play the other four, which is a separate tale. Thankfully, however, once again, it repeats itself. You go through the same dungeons playing the same tale. It's like listening to a song on repeat. Eventually, you just tune it out because you've heard it so many times. The game's random encounter rate seems to have a hard-on for being annoying to the point where you'll hate it. This is true. Uh, you can go one or two rooms without a single battle, or you can take a single step, fight another step, fight, repeat this six times till you forgot what you're doing. This last sentence is in parentheses. While I never forgot what I was doing, I did get into 12 battles one after another before. End parenthesis. That did not need to be in parentheses. It was its own sentence. It was not part of another sentence. Uh, the game has a special reward for those who finish all eight, and while I knew it wouldn't be a trophy or something, this is the SNES, I figured it would be a special ending or something more satisfying. Really, it was just an animated picture of all the heroes together. I rarely, if ever, find a game I hate. And I didn't hate this game, but I didn't really like it. It's bad, but not unplayable. If you're bored, go grab it as a ROM for an emulator. Hopefully you'll enjoy it. I wouldn't recommend it though. Note, also, GameFAQs doesn't let me use my right click for spell checking, so that's why there's errors here. In 2018. Let me... Uh, yeah, I can right click. I can right click. Click, I'm doing it now. Click, 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 click. Oh, oh, I'm a clicking fool. Um, spelling mistakes aren't your aren't your issue, my friend. Uh, red like roses. Your issue is amazing run-on sentences. Uh, sentences that are three words long. Sentences that begin with punctuation but didn't, or begin with a capitalization following something that didn't end with punctuation. Uh, wow. Uh, it gave it a three. Didn't hate it. Didn't like it. It's bad, but not unplayable, so it's a three. Um, look, let me, I can't really break this one down anymore. So here's what I think of Burning Heroes. 
the graphics are fine. Pretty darn good for 1995. Uh, the eight chapters is pretty interesting. It does get old after a little while. But unlike everybody else has told you, it's not the same thing from four different characters' perspective and then another four characters' perspective. Each four characters has their own motivations. They just happen to get caught up with the same thing uh, for different reasons. So it's not like a... You know, we talked about Bunny Must Die the other day, where when you play Bunny Story, Chelsea's story is happening concurrently to Bunny Story, and you just experience from different perspectives when you play it. Um, you can run into other characters, other, other selectable characters when you play this game, but it's not like they're in the middle of their thing while you do, you're doing your thing. It's, it's a totally different, like, multiverse kind of thing, I guess, where character one is doing his thing, the other three characters exist, but they're not doing their thing. Character two is doing their thing, the other three characters, so on and so forth. Now, when you finish the first four and you unlock the second four, that's when you get into the concurrent kind of thing. Because if I recall, when you play the fifth story, you're actually playing it from the antagonist of the first story's perspective. So each second four is referenced to the first four in different ways. It's kind of interesting. It makes it a little different. So... For example, I forget the names, we'll say Tim and Larry. Uh, in your first chapter, your first hero, Tim, you play through the game, you keep running into Larry, you have to fight him, and then at the end you have some big like reveal about Tim and Larry, and that's kind of the thing. In the fifth chapter, so the first of the second bunch of four, you play as Larry, and you're doing your thing, and Tim keeps showing up and interrupting your thing. Does that make sense? I don't remember if it's the same with all the others. That's just that's just what I remember, man. Uh, I think the graphics are fine. We talked about the battle system is different. Uh, you do you recruit party members as you go through through like towns. You'll talk to people. It's like, hey, can I come with you? And you say yes or no. And some of them are really cool. Some of them are really terrible. Some of them are spellcasters. Some of them are not. Some of them are healers. Some of them are tanks. Some of them are agility. You know, there's classes. Kind of. And no, you don't control them. You don't control them, which I think is fine. Because you can have five or six people, I think. I think it's five in your party. And that would make the excessive amount of battling even more annoying if you had to control five people instead of just one. <clears throat> Downside to that being, like they mentioned, your spellcasters will generally like go out and just magic, 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 magic. Most expensive, most strongest, ultima every turn kind of thing, which sucks. So when I played it, I tried not to take a lot of spellcasters for that reason. Um, I would take a healer, one attack magic kind of thing, and uh, just the rest be physical fight. Very Final Fantasy IV-ish, because uh, I think that did five characters really well. And from that, you know, you just kind of, you adjust as you go. And there's tactics in the game that you unlock by, I think, reading books or just leveling up, and then that changes your... Uh, your formation in battle to a more offensive one, a more defensive one, etc., etc., and it, it works. It's different. It's unique. It's not flawless, but it works. Uh, music was good, not great, but good. The instrumentation was really pretty good. Uh, the songs aren't super great because they're very short and they repeat, and some of them don't repeat very well. Uh, the story, pretty good. Um, Red like roses gave it a three. 
uh, what's their name? Um, Delta Flame gave it a nine. I'm gonna split the difference and give this one a six. Oh, this is great. <clears throat> I think News of the Weird has been listening to the podcast because our first story, they buried the lead. Skydiver Gary Connery, 53, was sentenced in Oxford Crown Court in England on August 16th. The BBC reported for grievous bodily harm after he threw his girlfriend, Tanya Brass, down a staircase. Why do we need to know that he's a skydiver? Um, the assault, which shattered Brass's shoulder, took place in October 2020. The now infamous abuser previously achieved his 15 minutes of fame when he served as Queen Elizabeth II's stunt double in the opening ceremony of the 2012 Olympic Games and when he and James Bond, another stunt double, leapt out of a helicopter and parachuted into the, into the Olympic Stadium. After the stunt, Connery told the BBC it had been an amazing experience. Perhaps he can relive it during his 18 months in prison. That was the dumbest story they have probably ever had. Nothing about that is weird. Nothing about that is weird. That's just stupid. That's a really stupid story. You're bad and you should feel bad. I'm going to give you three stories to redeem yourself. And they have to be, it has to be one of the next three. Or, or that's it. I'm sorry, that's it. Uh, surprise, surprise. Residents of South Auckland, New Zealand, were the lucky, or not so lucky, recipients of the contents of an abandoned storage container, stuff reported. But when they got the loot home, they discovered a surprise among the items. Human remains. 
The new owners called police on August 11th, whose first priority was to identify the remains. Detective Inspector Tofi Lau. Tofi Lau? I'm, I'm getting these way wrong. There's a lot of vowels. Fa Manwia Veilua said, uh, uh, that's what the, the inspector said. First priority to identify the remains. A neighbor who previously worked at the nearby crematorium noticed a wicked smell coming from the home. I knew straight away and I thought, Where's that coming from? He said. His mother reported that detectives and forensics teams had been seen recoiling in shock from the scene. The investigation is ongoing. Storage container, like from a boat. Unclear on the concept, Keisha Baisley, a mother of nine children in Houston, turned to Child Protective Services for help with her 14-year-old daughter who had been running away and getting into trouble at school. Instead, according to Fox 26 Houston, her daughter told her that, quote, a worker had been telling her she should become a prostitute. So the girl videotaped the CPF support staff member. If me, the parent, was to do something like this to my child, Baisley said, I would be called a horrible parent. I would lose my kids. She filed an official complaint, and the commissioner of CPS in Texas, Jamie Masters, came to Houston personally to apologize to Baisley and her daughter. The worker was dismissed from her position on August 10th. And this is it. This is your last chance. Precious, or precocious, excuse me. Looking at the wrong line. Uh, August 12th started as a pretty typical day for one-and-a-half-year-old toddler Ethan. Oh, you, you think? You think so? Uh, Ethan and his mom, Brittany Moore of Sonora, Georgia. They were playing with bubbles in the backyard of their home when Ethan chased one to the fence and noticed something in the woods beyond, ABC4 News reported. When his mom asked him what he saw, he said, feet. Ethan had discovered 82-year-old Nina Lipscomb, who had been missing for four days. Lipscomb was alive but disoriented. Her daughter said she had wandered away from a nearby home where she was visiting family. Quote, her sister lived here in this house, but she passed away in March, Karen Lipscomb said. The Lipscombs and the Moors got together to celebrate the little boy who probably saved Nina's life. It took a child. That was being worked by God, Brittany said. No, sorry. I mean, the... CPS one was alright. Not really weird. The old lady was not really weird. Uh, F for the day. News of the weird. Another story of precocious. The 911 operator in San Luis Obispo, uh, California, received a call on August 12th from the Zoo to You facility in Paso Robles. But when the dispatchers tried to call back, there was no answer. ABC TV, ABC 7 TV reported. Excuse me. Sheriff's deputies responded to the zoo, but no one there would take credit for the call, except one 10-month-old uh, capuchin monkey named Root. I heard about this. The deputies determined that the monkey had gotten his hands on a cell phone, left in the golf court, golf court, golf cart even, and made the call. We're told capuchin monkeys are very inquisitive and will grab anything and everything, the sheriff's office remarked. Okay. How did the monkey dial 911? Florida. This one's just Florida. James Hunt, 41, and his girlfriend got into it at a Clearwater, Florida Burger King on August 13th because, quote, the victim was not eating her food, unquote. The smoking gun reported. When the 53-year-old woman left the restaurant, Hunt followed her and launched his cheeseburger at the back of her head, allegedly causing her to fall over a curb onto the ground and hit her chin and lip. How do cops know? There was blood on her short and shorts and cheese in her hair. Hunt admitted hitting her with the cheeseburger, but didn't think it caused her to fall down. Nonetheless, he was charged with felony domestic battery and held on a $15,000 bond. There's nothing funny about domestic battery, but there is something funny about getting hit in the head with a cheeseburger. 
I think we can all agree with that. Just keep digging. Stephen McCarthy, 31, a physician's assistant in Allentown, Pennsylvania, has been under suspicion of trafficking steroids and stimulants. Lehigh Valley Live reported federal agents were on the case, but no charges had been filed. That is until McCarthy got in touch with one of the DEA agents threatening to disfigure and rape him on July 8th. Quote, I hope you get into a car accident and die. McCarthy added for good measure. His attorney, John Waldron, said his client was frustrated with the ongoing investigation and, quote, couldn't deal with it anymore. McCarthy was indicted on August 4th and released on a $100,000 bond on August 9th. <clears throat> Here's the story of Sweet Revenge. A 31-year-old man in Seoul, South Korea, had been ordered to pay his ex-girlfriend $1,150 after an argument ended with him urinating into her Louis Vuitton handbag, Oddity Central reported. Don't most arguments end that way? Uh, the incident took place in October as the couple argued about her spending habits. The spiteful boyfriend retrieved the bag, unbuttoned his pants, and let loose in the bag as the woman looked on. No word as if it was in shock horror, or admiration. He later tried to cover up the evidence by pouring liquid deodorant into the bag, but DNA tests confirmed the presence of urine and tied it to him, and he confessed. That's when I tampered with the DNA evidence. Here's a story of you, Miller High Life. Don't you be, don't you be Duncan, I'm a Miller. Uh, has a new product introduction. Ice Cream Dive Bar, United Press International reported. The collaboration with Tipsy Scoop, maker of alcohol-infused ice cream, comprises all your favorite flavors from a dive bar. Beer, peanuts, tobacco smoke, caramel, and dark chocolate. The bar contains up to 5% alcohol, which you may need after you see the price. $36 for a six-pack. I think that's less weird than... Was it Arby's? We read this a while ago. Arby's selling the sweatshirt that smelled like an Arby's? Or, uh... The Heineken shoe with beer in the sole? This is less weird than that. Story of awesome news of the weird generally eschews world record stories. That's not true at all, but this one seems happily adventurous. Peter McConville and Pavel Pasha Krechtov of Austin, Texas and Abdullahi Sala of Minneapolis broke a world record by traveling to all 50 states in 5 days, 13 hours, and 10 minutes, starting on May 13th. They started in Vermont, KXAN TV reported, and finished the continental part in Washington, then flew to Alaska and finally Hawaii, having spent about $12,000 and 120 hours in a rental car. McConville said the Grand Canyon in Arizona was his most memorable moment of the trip. Quote, I can't even describe what that experience was, not only because we were so tired, but we were seeing so much at once. He said, the group's record is listed by all 50 states club as Guinness discontinued listing speeds in 1996. Ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. We have some breaking news. Um, not the 50 states thing. That's stupid. Uh, Guinness discontinued listing speed records in 1996. Don't know if we talked about that or not. Uh, your old pal Jason has a leaky roof and the roof guy just showed up. So had to go deal with him. Anyway, final story and update. Remember the fatal lightning strikes in Washington, D.C. on August 6th? No, no, I don't. Uh, those shocking events were responsible for the deaths of three people, WUSA TV reported. Oh, these, these names are killing me. Amber Escudero, 
Kanto Stathis, 28, of Newbury Park, California, was with the group huddling under trees during the storm, and she was the lone survivor. Uh, Amber suffered burns down the left side of her body and initially couldn't walk, but now she's using a walker and looking forward to getting back to her job. What saved her? She and her mother, Julie Escudero, think the trick rubber thick, excuse me, rubber soles and her Dr. Martins uh, helped out, but she also credits the first responders and traveling nurses who happened to be in the park for their quick action. Quote, the trauma doctor, she's said she's an absolute miracle, Julie said. The trauma doctor said she's an absolute miracle, Julie said. Is it Julie talking about Amber? We may never know. Okay, that's it. News done. Ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for this week's edition of Electric Leftover. See, I'm doing the outro right after the end of the intro. It's weird. My mind blown. Your mind wouldn't know the difference because uh, I'm still putting this in the outro. Thank you for listening. Um, so Ruby and Carlos uh, were gone for a couple days and I, I found them. The mother had moved them to the back of the house in the wood pile, you know, because that's where kittens live. And so I'm going to get them uh, rescued out of the woodpile and fix up the little house I've made for them, or well made for all the cats on the front porch, and kind of make it a little more enclosed, and hopefully she won't take them back there, because it's gross back there. And we're trying to keep them clean, you know? So if you're if you're confused about any of this, go to my YouTube account, uh, Jason's Groove Machine, and look up. Just go go to YouTube and search Jason's Groove Machine Kittens. Tell you all you need to know. Uh, that said, if you enjoy all the stuff we talked about today, including the news, which you have heard and I have not, and the Burning Hero review, which you have heard and I have not, and you want to look at Captain Silver and Burning Heroes, you can do that, along with my Twitter, music, etc., etc., over at jasonsgroovemachine.com, where you can also buy me a coffee, uh, if you want to help support, you know, Ruby and Carlos. This is their college fund, so... 
if you don't buy me a coffee to put into their college fund, what kind of world are you leaving for yourself in your golden years? I ask you. <laughs>